Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. I want to jump right into this message this morning. There's a, a, a song currently out. Um, I don't know the singer, it's not important, but uh, I heard these words the other day and I took a picture of it on in my truck while I was driving, by the way, on Spotify. I know it's terribly dangerous. And I took a picture of this song and went back and got some of the words and it struck me very, uh, very well in a good way. Let me just read a few of these words to you. It says, I look the part. I blend in with the rest of the church crowd. I know the routine. I could list all the Bible studies in town. I watch Christian TV. I know all the preachers and their cliches. I've been born again, and without a doubt, I know I am saved. But sometimes I hurt, and sometimes I cry, and sometimes I can't get it right. No matter how hard I seem to try, sometimes I fall down, stumble over my own disguise. I try to look strong as the whole world looks on, but sometimes alone I cry. Heard those words and I, it struck me in my spirit of how fallen this world really is right now. How fallen we as a people can easily be without the constant reminder that Jesus saves that Jesus delivers, that Jesus is our ever-present storehouse of goodness and kindness and mercy. And he dishes out mercy and grace like the greatest chef (laughs) ever without ever running out of portions. Isn't it amazing that we can be reminded today that we have a God that even when we are down and we are stumbling on our own disguises that we have a God that will lift us up not out of religion and not out of a preacher and not out of a song but out of the person of Jesus Christ amen come on can y'all give him a hand for that he deserves it is it amazing how we try to look strong for our family and our friends and our our church folk we try to look strong and We try to play the part, but how many of you know that for most of us, we have come away understanding that playing a part will not get the job done and that a disguise will never uh, help you feel better about where you are internally in your life. I want you guys to know this morning before I move on with this sermon that all of you are called to do the perfect will of God. All of you are called to do something drastically, dramatically, and spiritually great in your life. And the only thing that is stopping you from doing those great things is three enemies. Yourself, the enemy, and this world that we live in. None of those three enemies, including your flesh, wants you to succeed in Christ. 
But as a Christian, you've got a spirit of God on the inside of you that compels you to move deeper in the Lord even when you don't feel it. How many of you know you're not here for church today because of your feelings or your emotions? I mean, we can get goosebumps and the hair on our neck raise and we can have some Holy Ghost moments and we can have some feelings, but I don't know about you guys, but those feelings do not carry me through a week of disparity in this world. The only thing that carries me through is the faith that I have in a resurrected king who's constantly resurrecting me. Don't y'all know I've got more problems than you? Don't y'all know? Don't y'all know that my wife has more problems than all of us? Don't y'all know that Cooper is perfect? Man. Let's talk about cap guns today. I am a, um, you guys know this about me, I am a gun fanatic. And I know some of you don't like guns, so you may, you may not like this sermon. So praise God, stay seated, and we'll buy you a burger after church if that's needed. But I, I, specific, I specifically have an a addiction to lever-action rifles. Old ones, new ones. And I started thinking about when I was a kid, you know, we had the roll of, of caps and paper, this one here. And by the way, when you buy cap guns now, they don't come with caps. So that's something you can speak to our president about as well. Anyways, uh, <laughs> just blame him for that as well. Why not? Um, anyways, but when I was a kid, you know, I would have the little six shooters on my hips and I'd have two of them. Cooper has a pair right now at home. And, and sometimes to get the biggest bang for my buck, I would take the, the big roll of, of uh, you know, snap caps and, and I would grab my dad's hammer and I would take it out and I would just hit them as loud as I could and it would make such a greater, more distinguished sound than just shooting it from the cap gun. So I always wanted a, a, a bigger and better bang for my buck and as I got older you know the the calibers got greater and the uh the recoil got more aggressive and 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 I just I just love a lot of that that has to do with with hunting and providing for your family and and those types of things but I'm not going to talk about guns this morning what I want to talk to you guys is about is the power of the Holy Spirit. So it just seems to me that many Christians are running around with cap guns trying to intimidate the devil. And they, they, they say that they've got power in Christ, but they're, they're running around with a little rifle or a little six-shooter with caps in it, and the devil is literally just laughing at you because he knows that you don't know who you are in Christ. And how many of you understand that when you don't know who you are in Christ, your ammunition and the power of the Holy Ghost inside you is limited? It's limited because you're not able to access the Word of God. And if you're not able to access the Word of God, you put the Word in you when you don't need it, so it's there when you do need it. When you begin to speak the Word of God over your problems, you begin to destroy the works of the fiery darts of the enemy. And you can't do it with a cap gun. You've got to do it with a real gun, which is the power and the aggression of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is not always polite? 
The Holy Spirit is not always polite. He is not always uh, sitting around just, just waiting for things to happen. The Holy Spirit is a go-getter. The Holy Spirit is, is reinforced by his Father, the power, the power, the power of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what we need in this church. We need the Spirit of God to see through the lies of the enemy. We need the Spirit of God to denounce the things that, that the enemy would use people to say and do that is not part of the vision and the power and the supremacy of this church in Christ Jesus. We need this church to grow, but we need it to grow in a way that brings more people to heaven, not to occupy a seat or a fellowship. I need people to vertically grow in Christ, not just horizontally. Tons of people pack out football games. I remember two years ago when the NFL was in trouble and all the Christians, including myself, were talking bad about the NFL, about the kneeling and all that stuff, and it still is ridiculous, and I'm not in agreement with it, obviously. But as time has gone by... Christians are now okay with supporting things they denounced two years ago. I know you don't want to hear this. Most of the things I say from this pulpit I've learned in the last two years, y'all don't really want to hear. <laughs> okay. Praise God for the new people that laugh at me. I love it. <laughs> That'll wear off too, you know. There's a saying, it says, someone wrote, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it, was always, it always was supposed to be yours. If it returns, it was never yours to begin with. Another quote says, if it just sits in your living room and messes up your stuff, eats your food, uses your Wi-Fi, I've expanded the quote, by the way, um, takes your money and, and never as if you actually set it free in the first place you either married it or you gave birth to it <laughs> yeah. oh man I get in so much trouble I'm going to put the gun down maybe forced to use it in a minute the promise of the Holy Spirit says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive weakness. Oh. I must have the wrong version. Oh, it is power. I misread that. My mistake. See, that's the problem with Christians is they think that when they become a Christian, they get weaker. They think, oh, man, I'm... This is weakness. I gotta, I gotta give up this, and I gotta give up that, and I gotta give up this, and I've gotta not be friends with these people anymore to live a righteous life. But really, at your salvation, when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you, instantly you tapped into a power that you're absolutely unaware of. And I want to make you aware today that you have power to succeed in Christ. You don't have to stay in the addiction that you walked in with today. You don't have to keep drinking. You don't have to keep smoking. You don't have to keep doing pot. You don't have to keep popping pills. You don't have to keep sleeping around. You don't have to keep doing all these things and the list goes on and on just to get by in life and to suppress all of your anxiety and your fear. There is power in the Holy Spirit for you today. 
So he says here in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Acts, he says, but you will receive power and the ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and even until the ends of the earth. He gave you the power through the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to lay claim to the victory that God has already given you at Calvary. There's certain things in our life that we are not aggressively fighting for. There's certain things in our life that God is saying, hey, stop asking me about this and you start fighting the good fight that I have already gifted you to do. I already gave you the courage. I already gave you the power. If you don't want to tap into it, that's not on God, that's on you. Have you ever heard a cannon going off? Have you ever heard of a ever heard of 50 caliber machine gun going off? Nobody hears a cannon or a 50 caliber and says, "Man, that sounds like a cap gun." <laughs> Have you heard the difference between a stick of dynamite going off and an atomic bomb going off? Nobody says to that stick of dynamite, "Oh man, that must have been an atomic bomb." But you guys have seen the testing of atomic bombs on the internet from many, many years ago. You see what happened to Nagasaki and Hiroshima. You see what an atom bomb actually does to a civilization. Can I tell you when the true power and presence of God comes off, you're not going to be sitting around saying, that must have been a cap gun. You're going to say, and you're definitely not going to say, oh, that must have been a preacher preaching good, or that must have been a praise team singing good, or that must be this doing good, or that, or man, they must have just really got a new great cappuccino machine in the church. When the power of God goes off, everybody in here is going to know it. Because you're not going to be able to move. You're going to be flat in your seat, on your ground, on the stage, stuck up against the wall. You may be looking like Spider-Man on the ceiling. I don't know. But when the power of God moves, there is absolutely no question about it because it's not about man. It's not about religion. It's not about denomination. It's about the power of God moving, his presence moving. And all of you should ache and want for that today. Oh, pastor, I just don't know that I want that. I'm so busy. Well, maybe if you have the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, he would give you even more time in your day to do what he has called you to do. Maybe if you would tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, we would stop walking around like little immature baby Christians. The apostle, you guys think I'm mean, the apostle Paul would point people out in the body and he would say, you and you, y'all have been here for years, you should be on this stage teaching right now, but you're occupying space. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to encourage you to lift your life up in God and stop trying to do things in the flesh. Your flesh is failing you. Your fear is failing you. 
Your hesitation is failing you. Everything that you do on your own is failing. You may not see it now, but I guarantee you it's coming. If it is not in Christ, it is not a true success. Man, I need to work on my cardio. Okay, if only that treadmill would work. You do have to plug it in. (laughs) You do have to get on it. And you can't just get on it. You got to stay on it for a little while. Three minutes. (laughs) What is the Holy Spirit not? The Holy Spirit is not here for our entertainment. The Holy Spirit's purpose is not for us to have a feel-good experience. I already covered that. The Holy Spirit is not the weak one in the Trinity. There is no weak one in the Trinity. It's the Trinity of God, the personhood of God. Christians still run around thinking, not necessarily our denomination, thank God, but they run around thinking the Holy Spirit is just kind of that little add-in that the Lord is like, hey, you know what, I guess we'll, I guess we'll create a spirit. That'll be cool, Right? But the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost have always been there. They've always been about and through and working as one. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Messiah. Can I tell you that these are fighting words right here? These are not words of, of, of pull back or play defense. These are, uh, these are offense-based, I'm attacking the goal line type of words. I am going towards the stronghold and I'm going to destroy it because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. They are in the Holy Ghost. Let's talk quickly about strongholds. First of all, you guys, I've already said it, but strongholds are not destroyed by cap guns. A cap gun... Christianity mentality isn't going to shape the church. It's not going to shape the local church. A pastor that, that thinks that power is just simply creating new programs and new classes and new curriculums and new activities and new staff and new organizations and having a meeting for a meeting, that is not the power of the Holy Spirit. That is simply man-made economics. And, and where has man-made economics benefited us in America? What works is when we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do and the man and the woman of God step out of the way and allow him to be the great comforter that he is. The Holy Spirit is the divine armor. When we talk about strongholds, there's actually two ways to look at strongholds. 
The first way is the way that the, the Lord talks about in, in multiple, multiple times in the word of God. And that is destroying the strongholds of Satan. If you look in any kind of war, in any kind of warfare, the enemy is always wants to, especially if you're coming on their land and you are attacking that culture, you're trying to bring whatever there, whatever the reason is for war, the strongholds are the same definition for both good side, bad side, evil side, righteous side, however you want to say it. And that stronghold is a place that is, that is impenetrable by normal small arm firearms. It's impenetrable by things that, that we think. You, you don't, you, the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines, they don't, they don't give out 22 long rifle ammunition and rifles to people going in the Army. No, they give them 223 and 556. They give them 308. They give them you know, rifles and handguns that do the job in warfare. That stronghold is not even defeated most of the time by those calibers, by those kinds of, of, of firearms. It's defeated by a larger, a, a cannon, a grenade, something that way that would break up the stronghold, a larger, more powerful response to breaking up that bondage. And I'm just telling you guys today, and you can receive this if you want. Nobody on the stage or in your life can make you do something you are resistant in doing. And by the way, that is a stronghold in your life. When you are so prideful that you would say, oh, this message is not for me. I guarantee you, if you've already said this message is not for you, this message is absolutely for you today. Your ego and your arrogance, my ego, my arrogance, my pride is what gets me in problems. The stronghold power of the Holy Spirit, the bondage breaking power of the Holy Spirit is two things, the ability to effectively influence situations around you. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is the greatest influencer that we have? When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you have done that, immediately the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. Sounds like science fiction, but it's not. And when he came to live on the inside of you, he bears witness, he convicts you. And that conviction is the voice that you go by when he says, okay, court, you can do that. Court, you can't do that anymore. Court, you can't think that way anymore. Court, you can't look at that anymore. Court, you can't go to that place anymore. Court, you can't be around that person anymore or that group anymore or that culture anymore. Court, I am telling you, don't do those things anymore. But what Christians do is they take the conviction of the Holy Spirit and swing patterns they want to connect on what they want to connect with and the rest they just sit there and they let the conviction of the Holy Spirit go right over the plate never attempting to hit in power to receive in power to live in power the Spirit's power was first seen effectively in the act of creation in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through two, also in Job twenty six thirteen, his power was there. The Bible says, "How? What kind of power can create something 
out of nothing? What kind of power can create a human being out of dirt? The Spirit's creative power is seen and is creating new life in believers. What, what, what kind of a power exists on this planet, a power to actually save people other than the power of Christ Jesus, the power and the Holy Spirit? We see so much in the Word of God. We see so much power talked about. It, it's amazing to me that you know, Jesus promised that the Spirit would come, that He would live within them and empower them in a miraculous way in Acts 2 41 and the Holy Spirit's power was made manifest to a great number of people that day resulting in the conversion of 3,000 people man I love all of the testimonies that I hear around the world of of people getting saved and people being set free and I'm going to tell you there's so much on the inside of me that wants to believe that millions of people every week are getting saved but there's just a part of me that I hope is the Holy Spirit that says are those people truly accepting Christ as their Savior if a million people got saved in Ohio today, is there even is there a million people in Ohio? Probably so, right? I just left Wyoming. There was 347,000 in Wyoming, right? If a million people in Ohio radically got saved today in the midst of revival, this state would be different overnight. Salvation is change. Salvation is not a secretive fire insurance policy that you keep locked up in your safe. Salvation is an outward manifestation of the Holy Spirit's power. Stephen the martyr is a perfect example of the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 6, verses 5 and 8, Stephen was filled with power and the power of the Spirit, and he did many wonders and signs before the people um, who were unable, keyword here, they were unable to resist the power of the Spirit in him in Acts chapter 6, verse 10. When he was falsely accused and put to death, the same power enabled Stephen to die with faith and glorify God to the end in Acts chapter 7, 56. Uh, 55 and 56, I believe. So the point of me saying that to you, do you guys have the power of the Holy Spirit today to where you are ready to have your tongue cut out for the cause of Christ? Now, Pastor Court, don't talk about these things on a Sunday morning because we don't really feel like we're there in history yet. We don't really feel like what's going on is still on the news. The Bible says when you begin to hear of wars and rumors of wars, it's getting closer. Even a child believes me. Praise God. It's not getting closer. It's here. The demonic manifestation that we are seeing in our society right now in the form of suicide and abortion and drug addiction and alcohol addiction and homelessness and the list goes on and on is the largest in history. It's not even comparable 
The amount of babies that we're killing right now far exceeds everything we did in the 80s, in the 70s. If a million people in Ohio got saved today, there would be a radical change in the state. If 500 million in America were truly saved today, the local church would be standing up on its tiptoes saying, okay, I think we're ready now. But how many of you know the power of the Holy Spirit compels, up, compels us to stand up when every other religious person is sitting down in complacency? They're looking up at that cloud of complacency and they're saying, hey, it's not my problem. It's not my business. I'm going to tell you, if you are a follower of Christ, it is your problem. It is your business. And you absolutely are the solution to the problem. The Christ that dwells in you tells you to live for him. Living for him means being a doer and not a talker. The church is not going anywhere with people that talk about how good they want to pastor, how good they want to evangelize, how great they're going to be as a missionary. What the church needs is people that will have integrity to stand up and stay standing no matter how tired they get. You parents better be ready to make some decisions very quickly for your children. Because the system is coming for your kids. Get your head out of the dirt. Stop thinking about things that are going to happen 10 and 20 years ago and start realizing those things are happening right now. If you don't know about it, you're not reading your Bible. You don't even need to watch the news. Read your Bible. Reading your Bible will give you all the news that you need to know about where we are currently as Americans. Good timing. <laughs> Let me slow down. The power of the Holy Spirit to influence people and change the course of events is also seen in the early church through the dispensation of spiritual gifts such as what we are seeing now. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 tells us about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Corinthians also tells us about the nine fruits of the Spirit. I want to tell you guys very quickly, all of you have the propensity in Christ Jesus to work in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Every single one of you must start believing. Let me give you one example of this, the discerning of spirits. How many of you would escape more problems in your life with your clients and your customers and your friends and your family if the Holy Spirit's power of discernment in you was bleeding through in every area of your life. You would walk around not allowing people to lie in your face and deceive you and slander you and gossip you and everything else and you would call those things out as though they are. 
doesn't mean the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to be rude or unkind, but I'm going to tell you, correction goes a long way in the body of Christ. The power of the Spirit gives us the authority to correct, not based on your opinion or my opinion, but what the Word has already told us. How much better and smoother would your life would be if you walked out of here today and you began to seek and earnestly want the power of the Holy Spirit as it pertains to the discerning of spirits, knowing what evil calamity is coming your way and being able to see it from afar off and destroy it in Jesus' name. For some of you, that's still a sci-fi statement because you're stuck in religion. You're stuck in what mama and daddy told you. And guess what? Not everything that mama and daddy and the preacher that you got raised up in told you the truth. The truth is what is in the word. The truth is not what is in me. The truth is not what is in you. We only have the truth because of Jesus. He is the truth. He is the light. We are a re- supposed to be a reflection of him in everything that we do. Making friends today. What's the answer? What's the answer to our greatest, our greatest power that we have? How do we tap into the greatest power that we have? Let me read it to you since so many of you have missed it during weddings. First Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. Don't you guys think that the local church has had enough clanging cymbals? Don't you think out of all the years, out of every ministry that some of you have been involved in and all the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different pastors that you've had. Don't, aren't, you, aren't you tired of the game? Aren't you tired of the facade? Aren't you tired of the mask? Aren't you tired of the disguise? Aren't you tired of somebody standing on the, on the stage pretending that their life is more righteous than yours and their life is more perfect than yours? And I stand before you today saying, boy, do I have a lot to work on. I have messed up. That should put you in a place not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God that is in me and the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you for those that are saved. If you're not saved and you're living in religion, you do not have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. He will not dwell in an unclean place. (laughs) Oh, praise God. It goes on to say here, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and though I have all the faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. 
Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part not the whole the part but when that which is perfect has come who is the only one that is perfect is Jesus man we have screwed up so bad and we need to take ownership I need to take ownership you guys need to take ownership You men of God, start leading your family. Your wife is not the one that's supposed to be leading your family. Wives, let your husband lead your family whether you believe in them or not. Let them grow. Let them make mistakes. Let them fall. Love them. Put your arm around them and love them back to that leadership spot that they're supposed to be. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. I used a cap gun like a child. (laughs) When I became a man, I put away cap guns and childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Dimly. You don't see it all. You don't see it all. We don't see all of God's grace and mercy. It is dimly lit. You don't see it all. If you think you see it all, then you think you're God. He gives us what he wants us to see for our lives. If he gives us too much, we'd all be freaking out right now. So, read the part about putting the cap gun away. So then... Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these three, the greatest is love. I have a hard time reconciling a few things in my life. One of them is if Court Riddle says that he loves God, but he's not loving every single person in his life, whether it's friend, foe, family, or fan, that I'm not doing the will of God. If you sit here today and you say, I, I love God, I love God, I want him to come back, I want him to come back, really our prayer should be, God, could you just... Could you please hold off because my family is just not saved yet and I want to make sure they go in the first batch. Amen? Not faulting. I've said it both ways. I've said it both ways for years. I'm not faulting. I get it. This week I was like ready to just get on the road to glory. (laughs) I was like, Candace, you coming or not? 
boys, I got frozen pizzas, do your thing, I'm out. Right? That was this week. Week before, I was like, oh man, it's cool, smooth week, other than the snow. Smooth week, man. Week before that, eh, still pretty smooth, but eh. Six years ago, hated the ministry. Hated pastoring. Couldn't stand most of the people that I was around. God went silent on me. Why? Because while I was blaming everybody else for my problems, God was saying, Court, you're the problem. Shape up. Hence the treadmill that I'm not using right now. I think that's when I bought it. I'm not sure. It's like brand new if anybody's interested. <laughs> I want us to stand. I want us to pray. Praise team can come up. Cap gun Christianity is not working for us, is it? How many of you would agree today that we need all of what God has for us? We need God to help us Help our marriages. Help us as parents. Help us as, as people that are seeking this city to be saved. We need God's help. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, we know that you are an ever-present power to tap into. Father, we know that you gave us your spirit to do a lot of things. There's a lot of things about your spirit, God, that I didn't talk about today. But we did talk about your spirit's power, the Holy Spirit power that we all need. Father, what if, what if in situations of reconciliation, in situations of a lack of love, in situations of bitterness what 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 would happen if we just sat down with you and we began to go over all of our current struggles our missteps and that father that we would go to you first with examining ourselves instead of complaining about what everybody else is doing to us I know what you would do, God. You would say, that's a good first step to the power and the presence of my spirit, taking ownership of the sin that is still remaining in your life. I want to ask you to do that right now. If you're ready to take ownership, if you're ready to say, you know what, I'm, I, I need to be all in with God. I, I, I can't do this get my fix here and get my fix there and, and, and think that I've got power. I've been, I've been walking around with a cap gun in my pocket. I need the power of the Holy Spirit now. If that's you, in any way, shape, or form that you fall into that category, if that's you today, will you come to the front? Will you come to the altar? Will you step out of your chair boldly and begin to come? And let's get this straight before the Lord. You can consider this my altar right here. I'll be the first one here today. 
Come on, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I need to humble myself. I need to repent. I need to, I need to stop wearing a disguise that I am worn out with wearing. Come on, if you're here today, you want to be a better husband, you want to be a, a better father, you want to be a leader in your family, you need to get up here. You want to be a better mom, you want to be a better uh, woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, a woman that is truly chasing after the things of God, then you need to be up here. This is not manipulation, this is simply the truth. If you want to change, you got to make the effort, the first step to change. The Holy Spirit is a change maker. He wants you to change. You're not coming up here saying, hey, I'm not saved or I'm, I'm not this or not that. Maybe there are a few here that need to start a relationship with Jesus. But for the mass majority here today, you're, you're coming up and you're saying, you know what? I need to release and allow this bondage in my life to be broken. And I know only the anointing of the Holy Spirit can break that bondage. I want you all to stay up here for this next song and I want you to pray you to come before the Lord. I want you to worship him. I want you to give your life completely to him without hesitation. I'm not going to release later if there's those that need to be released in a second and and go about your way today. When the song starts, it's totally fine. You go ahead and do what you need to. I hope to see you back at three today. For those that are, are staying that have come up to the altar, maybe you've made your altar there at your seat, that's okay. It's time to get right with God. It's time to stop trying to fight the enemy and try to fight your battles and trying to have victory with a, a childlike cap gun. It's time to completely go all in with him and say, you know what, God, I need you and I need your power today. I need your presence today. For some of you, you're grieving right now. You've got somebody hurting in the hospital. You've got somebody that is struggling with cancer, struggling with with cardiac issues. And you're in despair. You're hurting. You need to be up here too and allow God to fill you with the power that only the Holy Spirit can do. Come on, let's worship him. Praise team. Let's worship him. You guys stay as long as you need to today. We love you. Praying God's best over you right now. Here is where I lay down Every burden and every ground This is my surrender This is my surrender Here is where I
guys a question, those that are up here. Keep your eyes closed. Did you really allow the Holy Spirit to break the bondage? Did you really allow him, giving him entrance to every room in your spiritual house that he does not occupy? And there's still some of you that have not today. You came down with good intentions, but intentions are like cap guns. You gotta follow through. I wanna pray now for you, specifically those that have not surrendered, that has not, has not lowered that high guard. One of the things that I wanted to say a few minutes ago and probably missed the mark is we too create strongholds. We too try to get up and cover ourselves and get into a place where we feel protected. But God wants you to know right now that he is your protection. You don't need the protection of your flesh or your feelings or your emotions. You don't need anything to insulate you except the power of the Holy Spirit today. So before we release, I want us to verbally pray this prayer out loud for those that are still here today. I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to mean it with everything that you are in Christ. Let's do that now. Father God, I release my entire life to you. Every lie, every fear, every ounce of every bondage, break it right now in your holy name. And now I want you to say this. I want you to say, it is broken right now in Jesus' name, never to come back again. Come on, let's give him a hand this morning. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for the, the fire and the water that you have taken us through. God, you, you told us that we would not drown and that we would not be burned and you have carried us through to a, a whole other season. God, I believe the season will be filled with miracles, healing, salvations, baptisms in the spirit. God, I believe that cancer is dead in this body right now, God. That every disease is canceled in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's stand on that right now. God, we, we stand on your word today, Father. We stand on your glory today, God. Not our word, God, but the word that you have placed in us to speak, God. We stand on it right now. Father, I ask that you would bless this group today. As they go about their way, Father, I pray that you would bless them. Bless their family, God. They represent so many in their life that still don't know you, God. I, I'm, the text and the calls every week 
I can't even count God with people that are asking for prayer and intercession on those in their family that literally are on death's doorstep and they still not have they still have not received your son Jesus Christ so father I pray that you would encourage them today that the time is drawing near when every single name on that cross that has been prayed for multiple times that every single name father will come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and they will be saved and we thank you for it right now father in Jesus mighty name hug somebody hug a few people before you leave today we love you guys see you today at three and Wednesday Three.